righty, welcome to the IEG Thursday thing. This thing we do every Thursday where we kind of hang out, chat it up, um, see what's going on this week. Sometimes we have guests on, sometimes we don't, but we really, we're just trying to uh, have a conversation about what's on everybody's mind and uh, see what's going on in the world, maybe even answer some questions. It's always a good time, um, but this is real casual. Um, and we're, we're just, we're hanging out, we're hanging out and having a good time. So, um, let's, today's topic's pretty straightforward. Uh, Subaru, um, leaked and they were going to announce it this weekend at the, uh, the, um, Subi Fest in Florida. Um, but somehow leaked it out of Australia. They're releasing the... Subaru WRX TR. So this would be a 2024 model WRX TR, which that would mean they'd have to release it this year still. Are they going to release it with us as a 2025? Huh. I don't know. We're going to see. But um, this, this is a pretty interesting vehicle. Uh, it's not quite an STI, but I think they're hoping it fills the gap. And if the price is correct, and it's only a hair more to get this, I, I think there might actually be a pretty high take rate on this, to the point where the base model WRXs might actually start to become um, the, it, a lot less common. Um, they might become the rarity here. Um, so long story short, Subaru back in 2006 and 2007 released a model called the WRX TR. TR stands for Tuner Ready. Now, Tuner Ready, um, the concept of the Tuner Ready line was to give you a base platform to build something. Um... So the, sorry, uh, I'm, I'm actually seeing if I can get Mr. James Hallaby on here. Um, <laughs> he's like, I'll do it right now. Um, so we might bring on James <laughs> and we'll hang out with James too. It should be a good time. But in 06, 07, so the Hawkeye, um, they released this and the WRXTR was kind of a stripper model. Um, it came with a really base radio, very base seats. Um, and, and the concept was actually to drive the price down a little bit. And it, it was so you could put your own parts on. I actually thought the TR was pretty cool. <laughs> and I wish they made that same concept that they kind of did the same thing in Japan. That's what a spec C was. Um, a spec C, what they did is they'd rip all the, the nice stuff out. Hell, some of them I think don't even come with AC. Spec C's would come with nothing. No radios, anything. Some of them have roll-up windows. Spec C's were very, very stripped down models. And uh, then they would put in a couple of cool performance items. Uh, the early Spec C's were the first ones to get big port heads. Um, they'd get like plated diffs. Um, some supports and stuff and places they wouldn't normally have supports. So it was super cool. 
Um, and I, I wish we would have got those. I really, really do. Um, because I, it would be cool if you could spend the same or slightly less money for a model that has none of the crap you don't want to build a race car. Um, contrary to popular belief, um, there are quite a few of us out there. Um, and I'm, I'm, it would have been the way to do that because a lot of people had full intentions of building crazy stuff these days, a little less, um, of a, a market for that as there was maybe 10 years ago, but they're re Subaru is about to, uh, reuse this, um, this, this namesake with the, the 2024, 2025 WXTR. Um, and I, I, it's not quite the same concept. So it looks like it's not going to have a sunroof and it's going to have more of the basic radio and everything, but you're getting some more stuff with it. And I think the price is going to be a hair higher. So you're getting Brembo's, which is really cool. Um, you're getting a 19-inch wheel, which I could really give two shits less about. Um, and it looks like they literally pulled the STI wing off the last generation and slapped it on here. So it's last generation's STI wing with some red Brembo's. Um, so I, I, I think... The the concept of it coming with Brembo's is pretty cool. I wish, I really, really wish they would have given it to us with uh, an option for the painted fender flares. Um, it, just because I think a lot of people, the take rate on that would be insane. To me, I don't really care if it's got the painted fender flares. Um, but long story short, this is basically, I don't know if they're going to do any changes to the spring rates or anything like that. Um, it looks like it's the same engine with the same trans with the same gearing. I think it does come standard with the Recaro seats, which is pretty cool. Um, but the, so this is kind of, I guess, hearkening back to the really early days of the WRX. Um, oh, we got James in here. I'm dragging his ass in here. Um, we're going to chat with James. This this might actually be an interesting one. Invite to speak. Holy right. shit. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? So you can you can scuba dive. You can fly a plane. You can set up a dry sump. Let's see if you can help co-host this shit for a minute. At least give me okay. give me 15 minutes, all right? What you got? Um, let's, let's chat about this uh, new WRX-TR. Uh, that's okay. kind of what the topic is today. Honestly, what do you think about the VB in general? Did you get, have you got to drive ours yet? Because I'm, yeah, yeah, James yeah. Houghton, um, I've, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, sorry. James is out in Arizona, and it, like I live in Tennessee, James lives in Arizona. So it's, we're not at the shop all the time. So it isn't like we've got access to this stuff all the time. But have you got a chance to drive that car yet? Yeah, I drove it. I probably put like, I would say about 500 ish miles on it. Cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, my thoughts on the car. I think it actually drives really nice. It's definitely an upgrade from the VA chassis. Yeah. Um, I've driven a, a million VA chassis cars, but with the VB, the only one I drove was ours. This is when it had the stock engine in it. It had the had the Brembos on it. Um, I drove it 
you know, through the Connecticut. We went to Wigger Big Mean. I drove it through the Connecticut highways. Yeah, okay, I drove so you it got, through You got Manhattan. a bunch of highway miles on it. Yeah. Yeah. I also drove it through Manhattan and New York. I've done a lot of driving with it. Um, thoughts wise, I mean, like I said, hours was when I drove it at the time, it was kind of on like, um, like a, a beta map. So I couldn't really romp it or anything like that. But it drove, it drove well. Uh, it was comfortable. You know, it's not like it's not like a Mercedes or anything in that regard, but it's definitely an upgrade in terms of like amenities and and comfort compared to the older ones. I think it's a better car, and obviously yeah. our VB in general is, I would say, one of the best looking ones you can get in, in that sense of how we did it. So I think it looks great. I think it's if if Subaru shipped them like ours looks, I think the car would have been an absolute hit. Um, this is the way they I come. Think what's the killing them? I, I think what's really killing them is people just cannot get over the uh, the the fenders, the fender flares, the plastic looking fender flares. I still haven't gotten over them, and I, I deal with them all the time. Just yeah, I mean, I can. I'm I'm kind of impartial, but I'm I'm odd like that. Like to me, that doesn't affect me personally, but I can totally see how like you know, your, your average dude is going to look at that and go, I don't know. I ain't feeling that. And like, they're, they're going to look for something else. Yeah. I mean, if you're spending 50 grand on a car and you look at that and you're like, it looks cheap, you know, it, it, like, it looks cheap. That's a very, it does look cheap. Yeah. You can um, buy a brand new Kia that has everything paint matched for the 22 grand, 25 grand compared to the WRX, which is, you know, obviously a different caliber of car, but it has, what are those things technically MSRP? Thirty five right now. Um, Somewhere around there, but you're not getting for thirty five. I mean, maybe they have like a last year, you know, on the lot type deal. But um, they're they're going for this. You know, they're mainly making more of the premium ones, not so much of the yeah. regular ones. And they've been actually sold be significantly more. And then if you uh, get CBTs. you you take it. Yeah, they have been selling a lot of those CVTs, and those get up there, so you could get near forty. Yeah, easy. So. Yeah. And, and yeah, and again, you you're you're trying to hit that market of somebody who wants something more fun, mm-hmm. you know, but also has like a, a a a need for some sort of utility, you know. So the 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 current players in the market against this are like the Veloster N, which mm-hmm. has been getting heaps of praise. Um, and those things are going for, let me check. Yeah. A Veloster end's going to run you somewhere in the, or not the Veloster, the Elantra end. Is it the Elantra? Yeah. Elantra's a little bit bigger. Yeah. Elantra. And that's, that's the newer, the Elantra and not the Veloster end. Sorry. Um, those things are, yeah, 35, you know, mm-hmm. so you're, you're looking at a Veloster and I mean, if you could get one in MSRP, you would be looking at one of the 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 Honda, you know, the Civic Type R's, which are going to go for a little over forty. Um, if you get it, those things are going for way too much money. I don't know why anybody would buy one of those, but I I bet you that new uh, Integra Type S is going to start pulling. These are all front wheel drive cars, but you know that's that really only affects half the country. Somebody's looking for something that's not a Camry. You know, well, the thing is, they're going to run into trouble here in in a little bit. And the reason why is uh, the Corolla GR MSRP is 35 as well. Yes. However, obviously, they're not going for that. You know, dealer markup and everything else. But uh, when those things actually come back to reality. Oh, they're going to be hard. 
They're it's indeed hard shit. for Subaru to warrant selling the car from as much as they are when the Corolla GR exists. Now, I've heard lots yeah. of great things at the GR. I haven't personally driven one. I oh, my God, they're a like riot. Two in my life. It's an absolutely, f- it's, it's a fucking riot, and I hate saying that. It's a riot. Um, oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're a ton of fun. So I, I do, the, the downside to that is the car is actually kind of physically small. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it's a Corolla. So you, you, yeah. you know what you get into when you, when you get into one of those things. But you don't really buy one of those cars to, you know, fit your family in it. At that point, you're spending 35 get a Camry. But yep. uh, I even think the new Camrys. I mean, I'm a big fan of the new Camrys. I think they look great. But yeah. uh, the new Camry is good. But you, you also have that stigma of that's, that's the most vanilla car on the market. You know what I mean? I mean, it's already like, with when, the Accord. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. You know, a Camry and a Accord are different flavors of vanilla. Um, yes. and, and you are going to have that. This is a WRX. So it's kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the car, like the interior is physically massive. I, I, I gotta be real. Like if you thought a, a, a VA was large, the interior of a, a VB is freaking huge. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, so exactly. So I think the good points of the car rather than yeah. you know, the flares and whatnot. I mean, good points of the car are this interior is comfortable. I sat in the back of it for an extended period. I had no problems. Um, I've driven it, no problem, sat in the passenger seat, everything felt good. Uh, the seats, the, the hours was cloth, um, felt fine, uh, comfort was fine. Uh, when it comes to the fit, most people are more concerned with if you're buying the car, has it drive, right? If you're buying a, you know, a sports car or like an enthusiast type yep. car, has it drive? Um, it drives really well, it's comfortable. Like I said, I drove it over, you know, the New York City traffic, I drove sure. it on highways. Uh, we put on we put on some dirt roads, which was uncomfortable with the red lips, but we did it anyway. And it, uh, I mean, it handled it all great. The car felt great. It's so, like I said, my biggest noticeable improvement between that and the VA is a, a little more torque. Uh, the the torque curve is significantly. It's it is a. W- it's infinitely a, better engine. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it ain't SA20, even comparable. It yeah, is the SA24 so good. is a much better engine, but th- 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 this way. The EJ205 versus the, you know, uh, the EJ257 when Subaru did that, right? Started the 205, two liter, um, worked, you know, worked well for what it was. Uh, I still like the 205s. It holds a special place in my heart. But when it comes to 205s compared to the 257, 257 was a better engine. Now, when I talk about the 207 here, we never got that. I'm speaking specifically yeah. of the US stuff. But the 257 was such a massive improvement. And just the displacement alone was enough to completely change how that car felt and it's the same thing with the fa24 now there's obviously other improvements they made with it uh compared to the standard fa20 uh especially in terms of uh cylinder head geometry and everything else i'm not going to yeah. nerd out on that right this second but they are it, it's, it's an all-around better engine that that's where we're getting at now um what a lot of people want to know guys who have vas is are you able to put the va heads on a vb block and the answer to that is yes to an extent. Now, there's going to be some combustion chamber modifications and stuff needed, uh, you know, reshaping everything to make it all work. They're, they're already playing, trying to play that game in the BRZ realm, too. Yes. And there are guys shoving the 2.4 liter under the, the 2 liter heads. Um, the, the and it's is, been is... with mixed results with that. And I think the same problem we, we had with the EJs they're going to have with this, where the combustion chamber just the, that yes. shape isn't correct. It's it's more than just the shape. It's it's the design that we can actually deal with. So when it comes to yep. that, you're dealing with, uh, for example, uh, what's the? I don't have to top of my head right this second. 
can. All right. So with that, the the bore of them is 97.5, and obviously an FA20 is going to be an 86 mil. Now, the bore size me 1.5 mil off. It's not the end of the world, and I like going from 92 to 99, right? Yeah. But the problem is, is the actual um, uh, combustion chamber design itself. So that's one thing that has to be rectified. And you do have to uh, make those combustion chambers a little bit larger, probably up to, my guess is the, I don't have the exact thing, so don't crucify me if I'm wrong here. I'm guessing the cylinder heads are probably about a 98 millimeter um, combustion chamber in the sense, and I'm not talking CCs, I'm talking about an actual um, diameter. So to, I would have, you have to do that. And the reason why is any bit of that cylinder head overhanging is going to increase compression by a massive amount. And when you deal with the direct injection exclusive engine, that means significant more than dealing with the port injection engine. Yep. Uh, so that's, that's a big thing. That's why if you look at a DI piston, it's such a radical difference in um, uh, the design of the actual piston than it is in a port injection engine. So easiest well, way... How, how you know? fuel and air swirls is... is is it the amount it matters inside of a di engine is insane and well, that's that there's all sorts of so when they change the shape of the combustion chamber it can that's where a lot of the efficiency came from that's why the new fa24 and the brz even though they really didn't change much from if you just look on the outside of the the ports on either side they look almost identical why does this thing flow so much better well a lot of it came from the combustion chamber changes well, yeah, it's also due to the DI with the injector style. So uh, they actually, uh, I could have this crisscrossed, but if I remember correctly, the FA-20 uses a six nozzle, um, a six port nozzle. And the FA-24 uses three nozzles that are larger in diameter. So less chance of Interesting. Up everything else. Yeah. So another big thing with that too is, you know, the only DI engine fuel pressures significantly increased. So you're talking, you know, thousands of PSI of pressure versus, of, you know, Quite literally with a standard port injection fuel injector, let's just say you're running um, idle at, you know, uh, 43 and a half, like a standard EJ25. Uh, we're not yep. talking, you know, reference, but as this base fuel pressure, uh, when that puts itself into your, your main goal is just to shoot fuel at the back of the valve and let that fuel enter. Right. And that's yep. the point of the vacuum. Let's help get that in there. So when that happens, it's pretty much just dumping fuel in there a little bit. It's not like a carburetor where it's atomizing before it gets in there. It's going to happen inside the actual chamber itself. So when you're dealing with a DI is there's such high pressure that it's pretty much an instant atomization. And when you're dealing with that, uh, you're able to run higher compression because you have a much more small window of variables because you know when it's going to that. You know when it's going to atomize. You know how it's going to work. You have a much more efficient engine. So when you try to slap on a different cylinder head that's not meant for that, you're going to run into compression issues. So the compression is going to go through the roof, which is going to cause lots of pre-detonation. And the whole engine is going to run like absolute dog shit. So you have to reshape those heads to make it work. Now, there's some other things involved with it as well in terms of cam sprockets and whatnot uh, yeah. to make it all happen. But the main thing you have to get over right now, why you can't feasibly just bolt them on and go, is due to the cylinder head design working well with the FA24. And even if you do like a patch shop piston, like, for example, you have some conversion pistons working with that, you're going to start, uh, like, for example, the guys running the EJ25 blocks with EJ20 heads, and they're running the hybrid piston, right? Um, it, it'll, it's not going to solve your problems, mainly due to the type of 
um, uh, fuel injection you're dealing with. Because I said, we're not dealing with port. We're dealing with a much more um, specific fuel injection uh, with, with direct yep. injection. And I'm trying to keep it in layman's terms here. So I'm not trying to go yeah, crazy. But the, but the, just the window is really, that's why uh, people don't understand the, the pressures that these, uh, these fuel injectors run under. I mean, you're like James was just saying, your, your base pressure for a uh, port injectors, you know, mid forties, something like that is what it's, it's squirting out at, you know, these, uh, direct injectors. Do you know what the pressure, um, cause it, it ramps up into a separate mechanical pump and that pump ramps it to something Looney tunes. It's like uh, thousands of <laughs> PSI yeah, so is what every it fires think, out at. Yeah. So if I'm correctly, it's, well, the F-820s, I remember it the top of my head. Um, I used to be attacking at Honda, and that was when direct injection was coming out. So every time I think direct injection fuel pressure, I think of uh, the, uh, I think it was the Accords came out with it first, and it was about 2,600 PSI, yeah. if that's correct. There, so it's somewhere around that nature. Stuff. It's like 3,000 PSI is what yeah, the, so, like the BRZ runs at. So Exactly. So that's, that's a big thing. So um, also another hurdle people have to get over when it comes to... Uh, dealing with direct injection engines only. So this would, we're sidetracking a little bit here, but this is a little fun fact. When you're dealing with direct injection engines and you want to switch the car over to like, let's say a Motec, you want to take advantage of the big turbo, you want to have full control of the car. Uh, a big thing people don't realize is that uh, people, for example, oh, okay, Motec, plug and play, put it in the car, life is good. However, in reality, that car is still never going to run great and the reason why is because when you do a motec uh you know m184 uh for example for a uh, brz or a fa20 that's currently offered when you do something like that those actual injectors uh they there's their steel casing right so yeah. what happens is is you, you're now you're putting poor injections so you're changing the way the engine's functioning and you have these steel pieces in there what happens with that well, it essentially turns itself almost into a diesel engine, where those injectors become glow plugs. And it's going to cause all sorts of havoc inside the cylinders. So the best thing to mm. do, actually, is get a dummy, a cast dummy. So you want to match the aluminum casting on the cylinder head. Get a cast dummy. And you want to install that like a standard injector. And that way, the materials and everything else uh, are all uniform. And the expansion is the same, so it doesn't cause problems. And when you do that you'll actually have a fully converted port injection engine. So well, that's what I was about to say. We're focus. switching to a MoTeC and we're trying to make big power. This is actually, this is really interesting. I want to pick your brain about this then. Okay. Um, so let's, let's go down this road. Let's say we got, a, we've got one of the new WRXs or we got an older FA20 WRX and we're like, dude, we're okay. about to lose our mind skirt. We're going big turbo and all the shit. And mm-hmm. they're like, we need a MoTeC. We're going to have to get port injection because you can't just replace the, the direct injectors, there really isn't an aftermarket option for it. So we got to add port injection, which you'd want to do anyway. So what you're saying is due to the material of the injector, because it is steel on the outside, that's going to get crazy hot, which makes yes. sense because we're making ass loads of power and that's going to, that's going to cause detonation on itself. So what you're proposing is we actually pull the direct injectors out totally and stick a dummy of some sort in there. So we plug the hole with something of a similar material to the, the block itself. So then it, the expansion style is the same. We're not making a glow plug out of it and run only port injection. Yes. Okay. If you're doing that. That's the correct way to do it. So if someone's going for a record, 
has to be done. Now, yeah. uh, the thing is, is it sounds very alien to people in the import world with that, but it's not a very alien thing. So, for example, I deal with all sorts of platforms. That's very popular right now on the newer small block Chevy stuff, for example. Okay. Uh, the LTs, so like the LT5 and what stuff, like in the Z06, those are direct injection. And the new C8s are also direct injection. So what they actually sell, you could, you could Google them, I could find a link probably and send them over to you. Uh, you can buy the dummy direct injectors and put them in there. And when you do that, you could fully convert the car over to port and you have pretty much full control over everything. Yeah. Now, is there any upsides to direct injection? Absolutely. However, the aftermarket for it is not really there. A, it's too expensive to get into. B, uh, well, it's too expensive to get into for the consumer, and it's too expensive to get into for most injector manufacturers because that's a really intense item to develop, uh, especially... Uh, there was one company who attempted it. They, they put a ton of R&D into it, a ton of R&D, and basically got 10%. Exactly. And it, that, I mean, it's not worth it right now. It's, yeah. it's not the point where it makes sense. So for injection, still the most viable solution. I mean, you got some boomers on the internet. We'll argue carburetors. We'll solve all your problems. Uh, but we're not going to go into that. But uh, port injection is <laughs> definitely um, for sure your best solution right now. And to make yeah. it work and make these things actually make big power reliably, you'll need some sort of a plug to put inside the cylinder heads to take full advantage. Well, and, maybe that's something we'll look into in the future. Oh, yeah. Like I said, when someone when that actually becomes something that somebody is going to need, we're talking big power to make this work. But when it comes to yeah. something that people are actually going to need, I'm sure there's going to be something that exists for it. It's probably not going to be inexpensive. It's probably not going to be crazy expensive either. It's probably less than the price of injectors, which is great. But Well, I mean, in theory, it should just be a hunk of whatever that material may be, that type of aluminum, you know, mm -hmm. with some seals on it. And you, you, you would install it the exact same way you would that injector. It's just well, the, injector. The, the, pr yeah. the problem is, is how do you do it? So there's two different philosophies of doing it. You can make it a universal injector where it's going to have somewhat of a domed end and it's still going to be somewhat sticking out in the cylinder or well, in the combustion chamber. Um, but it's going to expand and it shouldn't cause much problem. But if you want something full round, you need to be able to clock that injector perfectly. So that becomes a much more complex thing. So it depends on how you want to do it, how much time you want to spend doing it and yeah. how specific the build needs to be. And that's when things start getting, like I said, we're going to go into the autism level of this conversation and we're going to avoid that right now. But, uh, there's a lot of <laughs> engineering that needs to happen to make it work. Yeah. And it has to go in the engine dyno. It has to be tested. And we need to see, for example, let's just say we do the direct um, swap out ones with the domed end and we compare sure. it to ones that are perfect matches. So you, so you put it in the dyno. You spend all this time R&Ding this. You get it on the engine dyno, put it on the actual dyno. Let's just say you see like a three horsepower difference and no change in detonation. Just do the regular domed ones. It doesn't make sense to try to get everything perfect fit because you're going to be going through a nightmare trying to install those. You put the injector yes. in, you put it in the wrong spot, you got to swap it out. It's just a, it's, it's a shit show. So, like I said, stuff needs to be proven before it's manufactured, and this is just all part of the process. And that's that's one of the things that it, one of the reasons I really like working here is we we have the ability to make these things. You Absolutely. know, we, we have an engine dyno. We we have a Spintron. We have all sorts of fun machining abilities. We we can make this cool stuff. And I I hope we, we do see that in the future, especially as FA um FA development continues. Um I I truly believe at some point the FA is gonna look a lot like the the Honda community 
moved over to the K series from the B series. I I think after development gets to a certain point, as long as the aftermarket is there to push it, um, where a lot of us are going to be looking at that as a, a viable, um, a, a viable platform to even swap into the older vehicles. I agree, um, actually, completely on that. Yep. And a couple of things I want to say with that is we're almost there, actually. I, the I think we're really close. That, the thing that's stopping it right now is the cost of entry. And we had that whole thing with a three-letter agency a couple, uh, was it last year yeah, or two yeah. years ago, whatever it was. We don't say yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't say anything. <laughs> but that put a huge halt to development um, it, it, yep. from all manufacturers, which was big a huge. Pickup. That was a big problem with all new cars right now. Dealing with that, yep. we're on the cusp of coming out with stuff. That happened, and everyone just pumped the brakes. It's like, whoa. So they never reevaluate everything. So everyone started from scratch again. Yep. Now, because of that, that's the biggest... I mean, that was the Achilles heel of the whole thing was was that. So once you end up working around it, getting different engine management software, so for example, Link, for example, I'm not, you know more about Link than I do. I love Are Link. they CAN bus? Uh, they're, a lot of their new stuff, did you, I don't know if you've kept up with it, but they actually have a new one dropping here soon that is CAN bus. Like the whole purpose okay. is to work with newer, like I think the FAWX was like their exact market they were aiming for, That's which perfect. is really and cool. And they come up yeah. with an affordable solution for it. Exactly. Expect to see that platform take off to the moon. Uh, yep. Now, the thing is with those cars, there's actually a lot of cool things that those engines can do that the EJs can't, vice versa. But as, you know, I will say this, am I biased towards the EJ and I've had a million of them? Yes. Do I love the EJ with all my heart? Sometimes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when it comes to the EJ engine, I'm very familiar with it. And the FA I'm also very familiar with as well. I mean, the reality of it is, I mean, you can you just put it like this, man. The the EJ, as much as you and I both love it, that's an engine designed in the late 80s. There's yes. just no way around it, okay? And the FA was designed in the mid to late 2000s. And, and, it's, and it's, it's just... 20 years newer and a lot happening in, in internal combustion engines in that time frame. Well, yeah, like I said, I'm going to reference this a couple of times, but you have to look at other manufacturers and what they're doing yep. to get a gauge on the market. And who is, I will say the best, generally the best company to reference this is General Motors. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's compare the small box Chevy. That's the best example, right? That engine started, it started being developed in the late 50s, came out in the 60s. And it's still sold to this day, basically, right? Now they're on. You know, they had the original ones, right? Get your three fifties and all that jazz. Three hundred fives moved over to the LS platform and Gen three, then the Gen four LS, which is improvement based on that. And then they're on the LTs right now, right? So when you're dealing with that, you have to look at how the market adapted for those. Now LS swaps are still a very popular thing, just like EJ swaps are. However. LT swaps started getting more and more popular now, and engine management's coming out for them. That was the big thing. They were pretty much, no one touched them until, I believe it's Holly pioneered the engine management for them. Since then, they made it easy for people, and a lot of the guys who have those cars, they have money, and it's a toy for them. So they're doing a C10 swap. Well, they say they have a C10, and they want to put a swap in it. Um, you have some money in savings. You're like, you know what? I want to do the newest of the new. I want a supercharged LSA engine. You know, put in this thing. Not LSA. I've used the wrong engine. I'm sorry. Uh, like LT, yeah. LT4 or whatever. And when you when now you could just do that. It makes things easy. So yep. I'm hoping with the FAs, stuff like that. Especially if Link comes up with a solution, 
that can oh, be sure. an absolute game changer for you. Let's say you have your GC, it's been sitting, you're waiting to get a swap for it. Yeah. Guess what? You can find a then, complete VAWRX for sub 15,000. Let's see you went into a crash. Buy the whole car for six, seven grand. Now you have everything yeah. you need. And yep. that is a night and day difference, especially if you put a built motor in it. Those things, I will say, this is one thing I'll give the FA over the EJ. A built FA rarely, a properly built FA, I should say, rarely has problems compared to a built EJ. They, yes, They're it is a newer engines. engine, but they are much more refined in certain aspects that mm -hmm. will make longevity a major thing, especially when it comes to their being built and you're rectifying the oiling issues, which, for example, on our engines, we actually modify oil galleys and stuff like that, which allow you to use the factory pump. Yep. Um, but when it comes to the EJs, I mean, you can't do any of that kind of stuff. And you have to use, you know, modified oil pumps and all this stuff. There's all these extra components compared to actually having a properly done chain-driven engine that once they're built uh, and oiled correctly, they are actually extremely robust. And Subaru, uh, and Toyota, so that engine came about between Subaru and Toyota working together. Toyota mainly did the head design on it, and Subaru uh, did the block, right? So yep. when it came to how the FA and the VA chassis, let's talk about BRZs for a second with the FAs. I don't know how this became an FA day. But the well, BRZ... I mean, we're, we're supposed to be talking about the WRXTR, but this is so good. I'm going to let you roll. <laughs> so when it comes to the uh, the BRZs, this is obviously this is test one. So let's say the 2013 BRZ, for example. Yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of people don't know this when it comes to BRZs, but when you're getting into a BRZ and you want an engine for it or you want to modify it, it really depends on where you get the car from. Is it a Toyota, Scion? Is it a Subaru? Is it a uh, 13 or is it a 14 to 16 or is it a 17 to 21? And the other big thing with it as well, or 17 to 20, whatever it stopped. And the other big thing as well is it's automatic or manual. And you're like, why do you need all know this? Why do you need to know all this stuff? Well, the reason why is unlike the other platforms when I'm talking Subaru specific WRX and STIs and stuff like that, these aren't exactly the most interchangeable engines. Uh, so it mainly so the blocks themselves are about the same. The heads are actually vastly different. Now the castings, the lowers themselves, are actually all, are all identical. And one cam tower is. Uh, the left hand actually changes to, between the years. And not only that, so let's say, for example, 13 BRZ heads are almost identical to uh, 14 to 16 heads. However, they use a different valve length. Uh, it, it is a long valve model. They actually end up having problems with that. And they converted this it. is this is why it took you so long to to put together long blocks for uh, i knew how to the, do it it's just, it's just it was just it was a it was, nightmare it was how can i do it where it makes sense everything's gonna work well and plugs and plays so yep. when it turned into the 14 to 16 that was the valve spring issue cars right so what happened is is subaru oh, toyota really but subaru was also you know played a part in this where they messed up pretty bad with valve chain geometry and everything else. The rockers, uh, it was a nightmare. They actually switched the cars in 2017 to quite literally mimic the 15 WRX heads. So a lot of those parts, valve train wise, are actually interchangeable between those heads. Uh, so for example, like the valve springs, the chains, all that stuff can be swapped back and forth between those. So that's one similarity. The valves are different. The cams are different. And uh, the cam tower actually also switched over on the uh, 17 
to 20s as well. They, they, they changed quite a few things. They also changed uh, the cams and how the cam pickups um, turned to the design on the cam pickups as well for the sensors. Like said, there's quite a few small differences they did to really refine the head. Now, when they got all that knowledge from the 15 WRXs, they put in the BRZUs, they tried it out. It all worked well. Now, you take all that knowledge they learned, they actually put it all into the FA24 head. And as of right now, that is by far the best head for the FA platform is 24. They actually listened uh, to the problems they made, and they made sure not to yep. do it again. Because it cost them a bunch of money, cost customers a bunch of frustration. Oh, man. It ate them alive. Yeah, so that, that's a big thing. So the FA24 head is actually a really, really nice head. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to the future of those cars. So if Subaru actually fixes the way it looks and they get the car more popular uh, and the dealers stop doing markups on them and get them more to the people and people yeah. start modifying them, I think you're going to start seeing a big pickup on them in the next three to five years when the warranties are up, people start getting these things paid off. Uh, at that point is when you're going to see a massive pickup in the actual VBs and they're going to be you know, cheaper to get into. So at that point, I think the FA24 will be ironed out by then, and it is just going to be full speed ahead with that. Well, platform. I mean, let's let's look at, at just basic bolt-on stuff too. Um, there's, it's pretty common to hear about basic bolt-ons getting at or near 400 wheel. Like, how oh yeah, cool no, is like that? Said, how cool the car, is the that? A, just, the car is a monster. So yeah. I really hope they they bring back the SCI, not as launch a car. They do it the next generation, but I'm hoping they have an STI generation VB which would be cool, which is a slightly larger turbo, kind of like the HKS S209 style, where still sophistication, but lately... I'm going to tell you right now, don't hold your breath, it ain't happening. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I wish dream. they would do that. So here's... Put the here wing is, on and everything else. That's what, what the T... The TR is getting the wing and the Brembo's, but you're not getting anything yeah. else. So here is... I, I've, I've got a few predictions, okay? I have a mm -hmm. few predictions of what's going to happen. One is as much as this five speed with an extra gear they're calling a six speed that they shove in here is uh it, it actually been fairly robust under 400 wheel it's still a five speed with an extra gear no matter which way you look at it and honestly it, one of my least favorite things about the uh the va and vb wrx's is the cable operated shifter just feels like booty cheeks compared to um an sti shift linkage just because it's a linkage compared to cables what are you going to do mm -hmm. i think there's going to be a run on older sti transes and if you think they're expensive now wait till you see them in a couple of years oh if yeah you have an sti six speed right now like sitting in your garage you need to hide it old mashed up six speeds with crunchy synchros and shit those are going to start pulling top dollar um i think there's going to be a uh I, I think six speeds in general, um, there there won't be, if you blow a gear, you're not just going to find another six speed like some people will. People are going to start actually rebuilding them and trying to take care of them. Um, yes. And the, and the run's going to come because that's going to be the transit people are going to want to put in these cars because they're going to need them at stock turbo levels, like basic stage two stuff, you know, basic bolt-ons, you're making 400 wheel and nearly the same amount of torque. I don't think it's going to be long before you're just seeing these transits pop all over the place and everybody's going to be trying to get into a six speed. The other thing I like about this is can you imagine how awesome it'd be to just drop in an FA24 into like a GC and have a reliable 400 wheel? Like how great of a daily mm -hmm. would that be? 
or even yeah. like a bug eye. God, it'd be so great in a bug eye. I'm a blob eye enjoyer, so I'm gonna go with the blob eye with that one. But uh, with that, yeah, no, that'd be perfect. Now, yes, the the FA, so the SCI six speeds are already on the up and up. Uh, yep. The best trains to compare it to, actually, in terms of strength uh, and in terms of desirability, will be the V one sixty and V one sixty one from the Mark IV Supra. Yep. Uh, Have so you seen in, the prices on those things? I used to sell them. Trust oh me, my aware. god. I was there when oh the last God. one, um, I was involved with the selling of the last one new in box ever, uh, actually. And that trans, I think, went for, this is 2017, something like that. And it was, I think, went for 12 grand. Uh, so, but let's rewind it back a little bit. Let's say 2012, 2013, when I first started dabbling with those things a little bit. They were like two grand, something like that. Yeah. Then, you know, you started seeing that you can't find one used for less than eight. So everyone started pivoting. So wherever it go, T56, right? So yep. T56 is like a thousand bucks, 800 bucks uh, at your local junkyard. Not anymore. Now they're, they're fetching minimum three. And at that point, you might as well buy a brand new Magnum. Uh, and because T56 is not very strong and it can be a lot of different variations depending on where it came from. Like the uh, Terminator Cobra, for example, the Ford version of it. Because uh, yep. you can swap bell housings, but there's only 28 spline compared to some Chevy's offerings, which were 31 spline. Like I said, there's all sorts of different things uh, that you can get those in. But uh, like when it comes down to it, the STI six speed is going to be worth a fortune here shortly. And anybody parting those cars out, that's that is already their number one. If you buy an STI for you can buy a full blown up SCR or even one that's just been an accident. I got some body work it needs done. Let's say you buy one for like six grand, seven grand, right? Sometimes yep. even for five grand. You pull the drivetrain out, easy, five, six thousand right there. You just pay for the whole car back and you get the rest of the car to sell. Off yes. on the transmission and some parts. And that's, that's I, I think that's going to go even higher. Oh, it um, is. Absolutely. It's gonna, I think it's going to get nuts. Your, your full uh, transmission diff um you know axles brembo combo is gonna it's gonna go absolutely nuts and, and you look on ebay now it's already nuts it's like eight grand to get that set up these days where it used to be five you know it's already going up really fast and um that's that's where i see um that i could see that being a problem one of those cost of entry things that gets kind of nuts yeah, so that's that's going to be it is going to be a problem. So what's going to happen is is the guys that have money for it are going to do it, and the guys oh, that don't sure. have the money for it are going to be focusing on the next best thing. So what's that? That is realistically going to be the uh, VA six speed. Now, will do you that think we're going to see gear sets for the VA six speed? No, I don't think so. We might. Uh, I doubt it. And I, I don't doubt know if we really will, buy them. but you think like I, that's my problem is again, that, that trans is fine. If, if, if you guys are daily driving your car, you know, oh, maybe seeing a track day every once in a while, whatever, this isn't a problem for you. Okay. But it's for the, the, the guy who's going to be taking it, you know, 450 plus you tend to drag launch it a lot, you know, things of that nature. Um, Though those are the people who are going to have problems with this, do you think? Um, do you do you see PPG or somebody trying to build a 
a gear set for that because I I I don't the trans itself really just the the base core guts of that trans really aren't great. So you know what here, I mean. Here's the realistic answer: Do I see them making it? Yes. Um, do I see them selling a lot of them? No. No. And the reason why is this: is it, it nullifies itself because let's say you have let's say you bought you know a used six speed from a dev from an FAWX to put in your GD build, right? So you put an FA yeah. in it, or you put an EJ25 in it, or you build a built motor, and you want a better transmission than you know your glass box five speed from 2004. Uh, so it's not a bad option, right? Now, let's say you do that. Okay. Now, okay, you're looking at a gear set. Why, why are you looking at a gear set? If you just spent, you know, thousand bucks in this transmission, now you're spending another six or seven thousand dollars on a gear set and you pay someone to build it. Exactly. Or just buy a six speed. Uh, like an which SCI is going to be speed. inherently stronger no matter what. And more than likely, if you get a six, if you get a gear set, it's probably going to be straight cut. So it's yes. probably going to be noisy. You know, there's there's downsides to aftermarket gear sets, which and they've come out as that's dog an boxes. acceptable yeah, or there it's gonna be a dog box or something like that. It's gonna be you know, it's gonna be kind of a pain in the ass when an OEM six speed just drives like a normal trans. Mm-hmm. And you get two diffs. Three if you get the rear yeah. diff. So yeah, yeah I mean R one eighty is already fetching a premium, so I'm surprised the R two hundred never caught on. I am too. I'm not even I'm not even going to bring up the 8.8 situation. Yeah, let's but, not talk uh, about that because people get yeah. mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't blame them. <laughs> like, that, that, that's a whole other discussion. But yeah. uh, when it comes to the uh, like I said, drivetrain stuff, SCI 6 speed still king. In my opinion, uh, I don't want to say it's fact, but in my opinion, you'd be hard-pressed to find another factory 6-speed that holds as much as an STI six-speed. Now, here's the contenders there. You have the T56 Magnum, right? Sure. Uh, I would even, I would argue to say the TR6060 from like the, the Corvettes and stuff can do it, but normally they get upgraded at that point. So I'm going to say no. I'm talking like, let's say, let's say the thousand wheel mark, right? Yeah. Now, do I recommend the STI six-speed a thousand wheel? No. But have many people done it? Yes. I've done it personally. But when it comes to strength, let's say, let's say 800. Let's say the TR6060. Let's put that there. Let's say the, the V160 yeah. from the Supra. The STI six-speed. Now, name the other ones. Some people might say uh, the Nissan Trans, the, uh, the CD009. Well, I've, I've got one for you, but the reason for this is because they're almost the same trans. They're both built by Gutrag. Um, is uh, the 911 Turbo uh, manual. It's yes. basically our transmission backwards. Actually, yep. our transmission is their transmission and backwards. An, another one as well. First. Which I'm forgetting as well, but it's actually the E40, the E46 M3 six-speed. Uh, that yes. is unbelievable yep. as well. Now the funny thing is, side side fact, uh, as an XBMW guy, the SMG and the standard six-speed are actually the same transmission. You could actually just remove the SMG guts and put a shifter on it, and you have a six-speed M3. But really, I had no that idea. Tran- and that transmission is actually, oh, I don't want to say almost identical, but extremely similar. Like they are brothers to the Supra V160. So, yeah. They're built around their designer on the same time. They're, you know, they they work unbelievably well and that's another great option that, that to put in that category. But there's only a handful of them. There's been a million manual cars. So, luckily, 
Subaru actually got one of them. I mean, RIP well, the Evo guys, those transmissions suck from the get-go. Also, also look at, but the reason that happened is look at the, the design of that trans. Our transmissions look very rear-wheel drive, okay, with yes. a diff hanging out the front, which is, we have a ton of area to do that. If you're talking the side-mounted, you know, um, side-mounted engines with a side-mounted trans and then a transfer case, it's, it, Torque does not like to turn corners. And, no, and that's not. where you start breaking stuff. And we've, we might have issues with our engines or whatever. We can all have a cry about that. That's fine. But there's no denying that from a drivetrain standpoint, our shit is awesome. Um, excuse my French here. Subaru fucking nailed it. It was yeah. incredible. That's, I think that was one of their best contributions to I agree. Uh, any of their cars. That was like a love note to its actual fans is that drivetrain. Uh, yep. The rest of the car, I think, um, I mean, the... it, it's, it, it, they've got their ups and downs, you know what yes. I'm saying? But, but yeah, it, there's, there's absolutely no denying it. Um, and, and that, but that's one of the biggest, uh, biggest reasons it works so well is because it's set up a lot like a rear wheel drive. Yes. Um, I'm wondering if, if, okay, so let's, let's take another look at this then. Um, there's a still a decent aftermarket for Evo and DSM transes, um, oh, yeah. for building them. You you got companies like what is it TRE up in Michigan and stuff. They they work mm -hmm. on those things. I wonder if there's going to be uh, that approach taken when six speed like uh, our six six speeds our our STI six speeds start getting hard to get a hold of. I wonder if there people are going to start taking that same approach they are with the the Evo five speeds. And uh, um, applying that to our split case six speed. Possible. I, now, I it, it's possible. I think realistically to do it. The problem really with the six speed, uh, the split case six speed, I'll say, is actually uh, the width of the gears. So, yeah, the train well, and the itself, main shaft is teeny. <laughs> oh, it's very tiny. Teeny. It's extremely tiny. It's but comical. now the thing is, you can kind of convolute that by putting, you know, a different great material for the main shaft and whatnot. But and then you could also add, you know, a straight cut gear on the transmission. Now you're at that point, though, most manufacturers like PPG, for example, they'll do a dog box or dog engagement. Right. Yep. We came out with I think is beautiful. And I wish this existed when I had my car I would have owned one was our PPG set that's synchronized. And I think that is unreal i think it's unbelievable now the once again the, awesome. the chevy guys did that first uh but when it comes to the imports I, i'm not sure if anybody else did it and i think we might be the first and I, I didn't even realize that, i was driving that trans other than the wine um yeah, yeah it's beautiful. other than the wine when I, I drove it in one of our uh, our test bed for that and mm -hmm. driving around on it was unreal how good that trans felt yeah they, they feel phenomenal and people yep don't really get that. Now, some people look, just love the wine. They want to pull up to, you know, your local meet or go to the track and hear that. Sure. Like, oh, that guy's serious. But yeah. then again, driving it around, if you don't mind the noise or you listen to the radio slightly loud, you'll have no idea it's not a factory one, like a fresh, beautiful feeling, crispy transmission. And that's what it's all about. So that is a big, I'm a big advocate for those. I think that's just a great thing. Now, when it comes to people um, selling STI six speeds in the future, I think, yes, it's going to be a big popular thing where yep. you're going to be doing your swap. You got to order a trans. Now, uh, who's going to end up doing that? I'm going to get somebody like ZF or something like that. We're going to end up sourcing a bunch of these, taking some of our gear sets and, you know, putting them, to, putting them together and then selling them as, you know, 
a thing. Who knows? I think that'd be the future's bright, bud. We might even get into it too. Who knows? <laughs> I've, I've pushed for it. I've pushed for it. Trust me. I'm not Someday, sure if it's gonna happen. I, I'm just saying, if if we we can make we can make money doing transmissions alongside of our engines, that would be sick. But I, I think Fred's gonna stab you if you bring it up again. Yeah. Fred's like, no, we can't even keep transmissions in our own damn race cars. We don't need to be doing everybody else's shit. We keep breaking crap. <laughs> uh oh, JJ saying something. We're about to get told, shut up. <laughs> Maybe someday. Who knows? Um, this was fun, man. I was happy. I'm happy you hopped on. We need to do this more. <laughs> I even know where the comments are. Uh, oh yeah, you got a little chat box off to the side. You can open up. People have been talking all sorts of stuff. I'm gonna, Where's I'm gonna that? go through it. it. It's up on the, the, I don't know, on the corner on the side. You click on it. <laughs> oh, top right. Okay. Yep, and it'll drop a, drop that down. The chat's been going hard this whole time. We just, we've got all sorts of fun to talk about. Um, oh, there's all these comments here that I just completely miss. Nah, you're fine, dude. I've, I've been keeping an eye on anything that was. If I, we need to stop for something, we would. Hey, but, say uh, never say never. Yeah. Well, there you go. Never say never. <laughs> so yeah, it's here sixty. Okay. Yeah, the TR sixty sixty eight hundred is. Yep. Yeah, that's where we said oh, it. Long story short, no, the new WRX TR is still coming with a normal WRX trans. From what everybody has said, no DCCD, no fancy diffs, nothing like that. It's going to be pretty straightforward. But again, I kind of expected that for the pricing they're releasing, which is essentially the same or maybe like a thousand dollar premium. Like it, you're getting a lot for your money for it. I, I, oh, I think it's cool. I think um, they're trying to save face a little bit with that, which is great. I think they definitely I think, are. <laughs> I think that's an absolute must. If you're buying, if you're in the market for a new WRX and you're looking to get one, the TR is definitely your guy. I now, think that is the apology letter for. Did they the do the fenders year. with that one? I, I, I heard. So both. I've heard both ways on this, and I've seen two different pictures. From yeah. what I'm seeing, the full view i've seen of the car now these are leaked photos so it might not be the u.s market or whatever the full picture i have seen looks like it's not paint matched now i have i have also seen the teaser that uh soa released showed a picture where you the the fender looked like it was actually paint matched then all of a sudden they released uh another teaser and changed the color that so there's the the color has changed to red on the car and showing a different color fender. When are they I, doing the actual uh, like announcement? It's supposed the, the to be this weekend, so okay. we'll we'll see. At uh, uh, Pat's actually going down there. We'll make Pat get pictures for us. Pat JJ Pat says Saturday, and he says it's crappy texture flares. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I, not, I think it's the, the texture flares too. I really, so, I, I just don't know why they won't do it, man. The car would be so much hotter. I gotta be personally, like, I don't understand, and maybe it's something we're looking into or whatever. Why in uh, an aftermarket company hasn't made smooth somebody, flares that are I easy believe, to paint? I believe somebody did, but if I remember correctly, they're fiberglass and they aren't the most durable. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. It's been a long time since I didn't like the cosmetics, uh, but I, I think somebody did. I'm just going to say <clears throat> eyeline. <clears throat> um, there it is. Right. Someone just put it in the chat. Randy did. Randy's yeah. Part. All right. Yeah. And so Aero Flow Dynamics did. Yeah. Okay. So. I mean, now, yeah, with... that's that's in, and I'm not trying to bash on companies. So if they make a good product, whatever, I've never personally used them, but I'm assuming that's going to be one of your basic, you know, 
kind of quickly made fiberglass fenders, which could that probably would... get made to look nice, but it, the fitment might be so, so depending on like, if you, you win the dice roll of, if you they're got not, a good they're not going to be like hours at the body shop, man. No. Those guys absolutely killed it. That I can't stress enough. When the VB came out, I did not like it at all. I did not yeah. like the body. I wasn't a fan of the car. And then when I saw hours for the first time, I was like, holy shit. See, looks, I didn't incredible. like it either, and I honestly, I don't, it wasn't the looks thing for me, I just didn't like the concept of it, and I really, I was kind of in about the VA, I didn't like it that much until I drove ours, I was driving ours around during break-in when I was out there doing a bunch of racing that side of the country, and I, I kind of fell in love with a car, I gotta be real, I came home and legitimately had a conversation with my wife about, hey, maybe we should think about just grabbing this as a daily to replace the cross track. And we still might, because I actually genuinely like the car. And uh, it, it it just kind of does everything. And it's still all-wheel drive when I got to drive the thing up to Michigan in the winter. It's going to work great. And the flares don't mean shit to me. I don't really care. But then again, I have zero sense of style. Have you looked at my race car? Um, I've seen your so, old hairstyle. Exactly. Like, who, you don't, don't ask me about style. I'm not the guy. I'm not your guy. <laughs> so, um, just from a general standpoint, I'm like, oh, the car looks big. You know, it's probably going to feel really large and, you know, kind of wallowy and whatever. And yeah, ours is modified, but usually you can still feel that DNA in the car, even if it is slightly modified. You don't get that vibe from it at all. The steering rack's nice and quick. So the thing turns in nice. It feels a lot lighter it feels a lot smaller driving it than it actually is. Yet you still have the space, you know, and me being a really tall guy fit in it. Great. I, the touch surfaces are what they should be. It's a huge upgrade from the VA in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the car, it's an, it's a, it's a good car. It cosmetically lets a lot of people down the way it comes, uh, which is a shame because I think if they really, once again, I'm still stuck in the flares. I'll get it off after this. I promise. If they just did the flares, it would be hard. Yeah. To keep that thing on the lot. I think I it would have sold great. Dude, if they could do it like a factory option, like Flair, that you'd pay extra. People would pay $1,000 extra for them. No problem. Wouldn't even blink at it. You know, they're already doing like the the factory option, like front lip and side thing with the red lines on it. Just do the damn flares. They pop in and out. Also, speaking of uh, cosmetics, whatever happened to the JJ uh, flares aren't car. enough. Changing the rear, the effing rear bumper. Yeah, I, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, the Civic rear bumper is not the best, but yeah, it's definitely I mean, the best. all cars are starting to look like Decepticons these days. So uh, maybe that's just, I, maybe we're getting old, JJ, and like nothing looks right to us anymore. So I mean, everything's just plastic nowadays. Let's be real. <laughs> but when it comes to the, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> JJ, I'm like been old. I'm been old. Yeah. <laughs> But um, the future is now, old man. What is that? Fucking Malcolm in the middle. But um, yeah. yeah, the uh, I don't know. Like I said, I hope the TR is a hit and people really start getting involved. Because I've been doing a lot more FA24s recently. Uh, yeah. Well, FA24 cars, VBs recently. I haven't done any FA24s technically yet, officially. But when it comes to the uh, the the platform there is a desire to be able to mod it and people you know right now the big things you know the intake the ets intercooler the top mount which is actually a great product that's what you're going to get this time you know people doing the small stuff right now they're picking it up trying to and that because they can make 400 horsepower so easy like that's what they need the car is new and 
everybody's still under warranty for the most part. So no one's going crazy with them yet, you know? Because, you know, you buy the car, you put X-Mac down, you finance it, uh, you want to get the car paid off, or you want the car out of warranty before you start touching it. And I get that. That's how all these cars go. So for a couple of years, the FA20 WRX, the VAs, people weren't touching those. And out of nowhere, every other one of my phone calls is an FA20. You know, guy wants to do a build on it, wants to make X amount of power, wants to do this, this, and this, and this. And that's what I'm really hoping, we talked about earlier with the links. the second there's a proper uh, port injection solution for those cars, yep. oh, the sky's the limit. And the 800 exists. It's, it's ready for what everybody yeah. wants to do. Is that engine, it is ready for you, and I'm excited for it. Soon. Um, I think uh, I think SEMA and PRI are going to be really interesting this year. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping to drop into both of them and try to chat with uh, all of these um, engine management folks and see what we can see and see where the future is going to bring us. And hopefully, I see you there, and we can we can tag team and drive them up the wall and ask them all the questions they don't they don't want to answer. Um, yeah, SEMA SEMA is not really my thing. I really go to World Cup, but PRI yeah. is definitely my thing. No, PRI's a riot. I can't I can't right. wait for PRI. That's definitely where I'd rather vibe, but if I can get to these guys early, so be it. We'll see. All right, man. I think it's a podcast. I think that was a good time. Um, I like having you on. We can do that more. That was fun. I'd yeah, like to I'm have not. you on just chat with James about James things sometime. That'd be fun. That's uh, hit me up next week. I'm down. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> All right, dude. I'll see I'll you later. Hey, see thanks everybody for uh for being on. This was uh this was fun. Um hell, we even got JJ on here. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this was great. Uh, these are live on Spotify. I've got them up on Google Podcasts, even though I heard that's going away. I'm working on the Apple Podcast stuff, but the Spotify link. If you guys search us up on Spotify, um, we're we're on Spotify, so you can you can download these, um, share them with people. Do what you need to do. Um, they are being recorded, so if maybe you missed the first half of this, you want to get to it that way, or you know, share it. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Share it, get it out there. Um, the more people we get into our chats in the discord, the, uh, the, the better the engagement, um, the more fun we're going to have, the better the questions are going to get asked. Um, this is really to communicate with you guys have a good time. So is there an RSS feed? Um, I think so. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how a lot of the podcasting stuff works. Ray hit me up later. Um, I think so. So, um other than that uh it's been real it's been fun it's been real fun and we will catch you guys next week see you guys see ya.